Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Uh, okay, this is awkward, but this bike says he'd appreciate it if you removed his skull pattern saddlebags. He feels self-conscious about them around all the other bikes, and he says you're not fooling anyone. You mostly ride with your golfing buddies. <laughs> Listen, I'm just the messenger here. Oh, no, I don't want to say that. I think you made yourself clear. Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Shortcomings. This is a Sex in the City podcast brought to you by The Dip. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am joined by my other host, Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? You know, I'm good. Just another day, another trash pickup <laughs> happening on my street. <laughs> yes, we did just um, listen to the garbage man outside of Sam's apartment. So He's, we like, have... he's like our other co-host. Yes, and... Um... He's very vocal. He's got a lot of opinions. There's a lot of uh, things going on out there. But yeah, I'm good. Uh, There's no rain this morning, no rain this episode. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, This is an exciting one. You know, it's our first episode we're recording now that the podcast is live and out in the world. So we appreciate Mm -hmm. everyone who is listening and telling us how much you like it. We also appreciate everyone who listened and didn't like it and kept that to themselves. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was going to say, I was like, wait, what have you heard? No, no, no. Because I haven't received any like bad feedback. I have not received any. And I love you for listening, hating it, and keeping it to yourself. Please yeah. keep that energy. Please keep listening and keep hating it and keeping it to yourself. Yes. Um, and to everyone who said nice things, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, the support's been amazing. I was so excited. I looked this morning, and it looked like we were, like, top 50 on Apple. You know, we're stars. 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 They're just stars, like us. Baby. Yeah, exactly. That's, like, my favorite segment in, a like, a tabloid. God. Like, when you flip, like, through Us Weekly, and it's, like, stars are just like us. It's not woman positive or good, but I do like when they just, like, flash two pictures and then say, like, who wore it best. Oh. And I it's just that. impossible to do with men, and mm-hmm. I do like to choose. I, you know, I love to make decisions. I love who wore it best. It's a, it's a great segment. <laughs> column. The column. Speaking of columns, Sex in the City. <laughs> oh yeah, let's get on track. Yeah. Um. So there's something big happening in the Sex in the City cinematic universe, Sam, and I think I broke this to you. You did. And you just sent me "Wow" in all caps. Because I wasn't ready. Like, they had been keeping this a secret from us. And then they didn't. And then they didn't. And then they were like, actually, you're going to watch Natasha walk into all of these different buildings. Well, then there we go, guys, before we could really break it to you. (laughs) Natasha is back. Yes. What do we think? What are you, are we excited to see her now? Usually I have everyone's name in my head and the actress's name, Bridget Moynihan. Yes is back she's joining us as natasha she's wearing neutrals yet again because how else would we know she's different than carrie if she didn't wear neutral skirts she's very like i'm not saying carrie isn't put together but their styles are just very very different and always have been like remember when i mean i don't want to i mean carrie i mean we don't want to spoil but when we first meet natasha carrie is wearing (laughs) a very particular outfit and natasha is dressed like um shall we say Princess Kate? Yeah, very much Princess Kate. 
that's the vibe I'm getting. Actually, that's the vibe I kind of get. Yeah. Okay. Is that her title, Princess? Who? Kate. Is yeah, Kate Middleton, a, is she a princess? Chris. No, I, I, it just, when I said it, it Are didn't. Are you being serious? When I said it, it didn't feel right. Because she's not a duchess. Yeah, duchess. I wanted to say they were both duchesses, but because he, you know, but look, fuck the royal family. Uh, All right. Yeah, let's just keep it moving. <laughs> Um, keeping it moving here Natasha's back what do we think she's gonna do I do you have any thoughts have literally no idea like I can't even begin to think about what that is gonna look like I mean I have my theories because I did hear a little bit of like okay well that's what I was asking for your theory all right okay sorry it's the morning um that's true everyone needs to know we are recording at 10 19 (laughs) a.m the first episode was like a Booze. Well, I don't think you were drinking. It was two I in the wasn't. afternoon. I was, you know, drunk off rosé. So anything you heard in that first episode, woo. Yeah, no, no drinking. I'm drinking coffee. But so are we going to talk about, I, I don't know if we decided or not, if we're going to talk about the leaked script at all. I don't think we should just because I tried to send it to several friends and they were like, I don't want this. Yeah, I don't want it. I don't like that they leaked it because I feel like it was on purpose. But I mean, I think we can, and look, spoiler alert, fast forward ahead if you don't want to know like where we left Natasha, if yes. um, last we saw her, so, and maybe we'll try to put this in the episode description, but we're going to have a very open conversation now about Natasha and last we saw her, um, and then we'll get into the episode. So mm-hmm. hit that little 15 second button, you know, a few times. <laughs> Um, but so, spoiler alert, we're getting into Natasha. Mm-hmm. The last we saw her, she had completely, like, eviscerated Carrie, never to be seen again. Glorious. One of the best scenes in the history of the show. Um, and I have a huge issue with what Carrie wore to that lunch. Isn't she, is she wearing the newspaper dress? Yes. I love, I mean, Listen, you seem to dislike I, the iconic no. Sex in the City outfits. The coat, the newspaper dress. I loved the dress. The timing to wear that dress is not what I love. Inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. You fucked this woman's husband. She broke her tooth. But what is Carrie if not Dizzy? I know, but she broke her fucking tooth. And you show up in like this dress, like, it just didn't feel right to me. It felt very like, I don't know. I just didn't like it. But just, I mean, so... That is where we left Natasha some, what feels like 20 years ago. And now Mm. we're back for this revival and she's joining us again. In my nightmare, Carrie is somehow seeking retribution again. Or like going, or perhaps going through something with Big and is seeking out Natasha's aid. It's like, that is in... Same. Or, I mean, or she could just play, like, a really small role. Like, just to kind of, like, circle back to, like, a time on the show. Like, a memory. Like, she could Maybe just Maybe we're be, just like, running into her, like, at a bar or a coffee shop. Yeah. And then it's, like, that awkward, like, situation <laughs> where you're like, hey, girl, how's your tooth? One can hope. I mean, my main thing with all of these, like, people coming back... Is, is that it, look, it is great and it's fun fan service for us. Mm-hmm. But it's the same way of like seeing Aiden in the second movie or apparently we're seeing Aiden again in this. It's like people leave your life and then you never see them again. Are we? You didn't know Aiden's back? Chris. He was announced as coming back before they announced um, 
my beloved Chris knows. Are you serious? Did I know this? I I think, search your heart, you did know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I posted about it. Maybe I yeah. didn't. Um, <sighs> he's back. And it's just that there's something to be said for, it's just crazy to me that people, these people remain a part of each other's lives for the sake of fan service. It's like, you break up with someone next to a fountain, you ain't never seeing that man again. Mm-mm. You, a woman eviscerates you over like lunch and tells you you're basically human trash. <laughs> you don't see her again. It's never. It's the I... same thing in like Insecure when um, Jay Ellis's character, uh, Lawrence and Issa, keep circling to one another. And I'm like, no. When you break up with a man the way they broke up, you don't circle back. No, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't ever want to run into any of my exes ever. So like, no, I I'm can't dodging imagine those people every which way. Dodging. Well, actually, no, I'm not. I'm having regular Zoom calls with one of them. So <laughs> we're not getting into okay, it. Okay, I was going to ask. Do you want to talk about it? <laughs> I don't. Okay. We don't have to. I would love to. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't talk to any of my exes, actually. But apparently, Carrie's talking to Aiden, or somebody's talking to Aiden. I don't know. Um, and Natasha's back. I'm excited to see her... Just because I, it adds a certain level of like, what will she be doing? Right. But I really do hope, I like your idea that it's just an awkward run in. I hope it's not like Carrie seeking out another conversation with her. I doubt it. <laughs> because that would just, I mean, we know Carrie's a mess, but that would be really messy. I just can imagine them like Carrie seeing her and it's like a moment and that's it. Like, I don't think it's going to be like this whole like storyline. God in heaven. But I'm excited <laughs> to have her back. Heaven. God in heaven. I'm too. I got like a little bit of a rush when I saw her. I was like. Honestly, in some ways she's been like, she's been the person I've been most excited to see. I'm like, she put a pep in my step. So. Um, she did. But I don't want to get into that spoilery thing that we know. Um, but if you want to look it up, look it in the, I believe it was in the Daily Mail. And that's on you if you want to look that up. And write to me about it if you do. Yeah, please. Slide in his DMs and talk to him about the spoilers. The leaked script. I don't know. I think that's kind of it. I don't want to get into the other thing about, like, potentially, like, a rift between the girls and Carrie. Um, you're looking at me like you don't know about that. Chris, I didn't read the leaked stuff. No, no, no. This is just like more like footage of them filming on the street and it looks like Carrie's really mad at um Miranda and Charlotte. She looked mad? Yeah, she's like storming past them. Look, oh. a lot of this is also just captions like, Carrie is angry and I take every caption as truth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I... Didn't she could have just vibe. been like storming to go get her coffee. I don't well, know. Well, the bitch is always running. She's always running. She's always running around a corner. She's always running down a sidewalk. She's always knocking on windows. Like, it's a lot. We can't get into the knock on window. <laughs> yeah, she loves it. I cannot it. wait to get to that episode. You, that's the episode this podcast is named after. It is. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I always forget. She looks so fucking good in that black dress. Chef's kiss. It's well, so good. acting a damn fool as always. Yeah. But <laughs> should we get into the episode? Yes, let's get into it. So this is episode two, Bay of Married Pigs. Um, we're going to give you a little synopsis of it, but I wanted to just start by saying my favorite thing I noticed right off the bat on this episode is that it's directed by Nicole Hollifsner, who directed Enough Said, Friends with Money, Lovely and Amazing, all great movies. Enough Said is one of the last performances by my beloved James Gandolfini with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. 
Friends with Money has Frances McDormand in it and one of my favorite Frances performances. Jen Aniston is queen in that movie and lovely and amazing. I can't even get into if you haven't seen it. No, I've never seen any of these. You've never seen any of them? No. Okay, I'm sending like I'm sending you a full maybe I need to send you just a full list of every movie you need to see, but Yeah, like I've never even heard of these. Definitely you need to go over the filmography of Nicole Hollifsner because she is one of my favorite writer directors and because Hollywood is unfair, she hasn't done anything since enough said, I think. Oh. Or if she did, I didn't really like it. Okay. But um, in the episode, which is quite a doozy, Carrie's invited to join her married friends for a revealing trip to the Hamptons, sparking her interest in the war between single folks and married couples that lead her to try out a new guy. Miranda is mistaken for a lesbian, taking on the identity to get ahead at work. Samantha comes face to face with the war against singles and indulges in tequila and something Irish. And Charlotte is once again mostly used as a plot device. Yes, she's used basically to like drive the discussion of like basically the opposite of whatever Miranda is feeling. Charlotte is there to like, just like be not combative with her, but like voice basically the opposite opinion. Yeah. Was Miranda right? Were we enemies? Is there a secret cold war between marrieds and singles? Okay. So I took, I took issue with many things during this episode, but not issue in like, Where do I, how do I want to start this? Okay. Why is her friend's name Patience? We got to talk about Patience. We got to talk about We need to talk about, we need to talk about Patience. Much like we needed to talk about Kevin and we needed Mm -hmm. to talk about Capote Duncan. Mm -hmm. We need to talk about Patience. Patience. Why is her name Patience? Like, and it's said in the very beginning of the episode, Carrie has on this like cute little blue like bucket hat, very Blossom vibes. Or like, you know, Beyonce current vibes i mean bucket hats are back baby bucket hats are back and we have liam mcsweeney to thank for that i think i won't thank liam McSweeney all right for well i goddamn will damn thing she brought the bucket hat back but anyways and uh white people not voting she she uh so carrie was like oh i'm headed to the hamptons to visit my friend patience and i was like i paused on this and i was like wait what is her friend's name and i thought it was crazy that they didn't like um use her name as a pun never once like i the minute i heard her name being patience i assumed that eventually carrie was going to make one of her cutesy puns about like and then peter had no patience (laughs) but no her name was just patience like we're just like this is normal yeah it was weird and then i mean i don't know about you i mean we're both single and fabulous question mark yeah question mark are we sluts uh but i just thought it was like I really related to this idea of like performing for like your married friends or your friends that are in couples. So he gets in the cab and he slides up next to me. Yes. (laughs) And it is hot. (laughs) It is hot all the way from Houston West Broadway to 72nd and Madison. Hampton House guests are always required to sing for their supper. Brokers give investment advice, architects design advice. Single people give married friends tidbits from their sexual escapades. Okay, I was going to ask about that because, like, is that something that happens? Yes. Yes. I mean, I will say for, like, the work that I do, I am often around much older people. And there is an occasion of, like, um, I have to, like, oh, what's it like dating now? And I'm like, well, you know. Then it's closer to something Miranda does later where you have to make, like, 
jokes about like how much it sucks for you mm-hmm. to make that person happy. But I've never felt like, oh, I need to tell like sordid stories about my sex life in the back of the cab. Listen, it's not so much that, but it's this idea that you, like Carrie says in the episode, you have to sing for your supper. And it's very much that. Like I remember one time I went out to dinner with a friend of mine, um, which is really not my friend anymore, but it was like her and her boyfriend. I, I remember sitting on the opposite side of the table and I felt like I had to be like a court jester and I was like performing and like talking to them and like being entertaining for them because I don't think that they entertained themselves anymore. So like I needed to like interact. Now, later on in the episode, she's at a dinner with her favorite married couple friends. Well, and then it's like they're entertaining Carrie. Yeah. They're like, like do they're doing little bits like, oh, have you forgotten the you forgot we got married? Well, they're trying to show like you can be married and still like love each other and also not be so out of touch and like feel like you're superior than single people. And I liked that about that dynamic. Whereas with Patience and Peter, it was very much like I have this house in the Hamptons. You're coming to stay with us. Entertain us because we cannot be alone. And I know a lot of couples who cannot be with just each other. They're like always around people. Well, shout out to all of my married friends who are seemingly happy. Congrats. I mean, that's a big deal. Not a lot of my friends are married, but I'm talking like people that are in couples. I've experienced like having to like perform for them and like make them laugh and then, you know, talk about... How being single is, like, terrible, like, to make them feel better about being in this relationship. I don't know if your friends are going to like that. I'm not friends with these people anymore that I'm referencing. (laughs) Let's be clear. And I also don't think my friends listen to this podcast. Yeah, shout out to my friends who do. Um, Appreciate you and think you might have a problem that you want to listen to my voice more. Yeah, seek help. I thought it was interesting that Peter was so into her story. Like, I couldn't figure out who Carrie was friends with, but it seemed a little weird to me, like, that he would be like, okay, tell me more. So what happened in the cab? It's like, ill, Peter. But then we do see that Peter is, um, he's a bit out there because before we get kind of into each of what the four women are up to in the episode, we got to kind of talk about what I'd consider the, the cold open that sets us up. Carrie sees Peter naked. Um, in the hallway. I think it's shot rather well kind of uh the graduate vibes we're seeing it kind of carry framed through peter's ass he had <laughs> a cute little white man butt he had a cute butt i love a butt he had a cute little tushy so what's happening oh well um i ran into peter in the hallway without his underwear on p.s congratulations <laughs> sunny day yeah, like, Bethany says it best, like, in um, an episode of Real Housewives in New York City. She's like, I love a man's butt. She's like, I want to talk about the butt. I want to look at the butt. I want to touch the butt. She's like, I just love a butt. And I agree. I love a butt. But the Peter's butt isn't that nice. But he seemed so comfortable. Oh, he was hanging loose. Yeah, was he? Yeah, he was just letting his little freak flag fly. Like, he was feeling good. Would you have told Patience immediately? Yes. But I, I liked how Carrie said it. Like, she was like, like, she wasn't like, oh my God, Peter just showed me his dick. Like, it was more of like, uh, saw your husband's penis today. I thought the way she did it was unhinged. (laughs) Of course you do. I would probably make a joke. I'd be like, oh my God. I would tell her, your husband's showing his... She seemed titillated. She was like, 
well, congratulations. I think, A, that is something I would have taken to my grave unless it was, like, my best friend. And we already know. If it was just a casual friend who invited me to their house and I saw their husband's dick, no. I would just be like, well, no. I saw that and I got to get out of here. Chris, we're going to fight. I, I would not trounce down to the kitchen as this woman's gone out to get me bagels and coffee, the good muffins and coffee, and be like, hey, so um, I was upstairs and I saw your husband's dick. Congrats. She doesn't seem mortified. She seems like, ooh, it's kind of nice. I think she was trying to make light of the situation because here's the thing. That's not something you make light of. Chris, Chris, here's the thing. If she walked in the bathroom and he was in there, like I would have not said something because that's like, oh, I accidentally saw your husband's penis. If I was staying at someone's home and I walked out of my bedroom and I see your husband's butt ass naked dick. Drinking he had coffee. a little shirt on. He looked like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> he looked crazy. <laughs> he but, was uh, Daffy ducking it. Yeah. <laughs> and he was standing there. He did it purposefully. So I would tell my friend, I'd be like, hey, by the way, saw your husband sick this morning. Okay. But then I think you need to say it with a little less gusto and joy than <laughs> Carrie did. I also would have kicked her I out. I also think she was feeling awkward, but hot take. I think patients handled it really well. Well, apparently, Carrie says in voiceover, patients threw her ass on a bus. It was like well, a... I think because she was like, me and my husband have to talk now. That's true. She did seem angry at him. And yeah. Hopefully... And I made a note of that. I was like, I yeah. liked that she didn't say anything to Carrie. Like, well, why did you see my husband's dick or something? She just literally looked at her husband. And she was like, why? Carrie said she saw your dick in the hall. Like, what are you doing? And before we get into it, and this episode, we're going to try something a little different. We're going to talk about all four of the women individually, um, kind of each of their stories. But before we get into them, I did like we had a brunch scene. Love a brunch scene. This is like one of the first brunch scenes. Love a brunch scene. And the only thing of note that I had there is is that Carrie relates his dick to the uh, pepper grinder. And I hate in movies and TV shows when they're like, oh, he had a big dick. It's as big as this. It's like no one's dick is as big as a pepper grinder. Thank God. I, although I don't know what Peter's, you know. You never but know. You know, you'll see like, oh, he was like as big as an eggplant. It's like, no, no, no. That's common. Like, no, the, the, the dicks aren't that big. They should not be. For So for this moment at the table when they were talking about his peppermill dick, it reminded me, I think they kind of did a throwback to this moment in the first movie. With the coloring? When they were like, okay, we got to take a nod to like an earlier episode or like an earlier moment. That's a, I, I, I love, love the coloring it. scene. Well, I can't color enough. I could color all day, every day if I had my way. I would use every crayon in my box. We get it. You love to color. But I appreciated Miranda a lot at this brunch because she was like, why do married people think that like we just like are all prowling? To like see their husband's dicks, like we're good. I, I personally, I don't really like dicks. Like I don't like looking at them. I'm not like hunting down your husband in the hallway to like find his sausage. But I also don't look. I don't think married people think this way. I thought this was such like a way of um creating this indifference between married people and single people that actually doesn't exist. I don't know any married person who's like afraid of single people and they're probably nobody mostly because nobody wants you barely want your husband i don't think it's like a war 
and I think everyone's different, but I have had many experiences, like, and I know my friends have as well, my single friends, who, like, if they're talking to a guy at a party, and it, like, Samantha did later on in the episode, she was just talking to him about whatever, stocks or something. Like, she was making, like, very casual conversation. I feel like then just maybe something's wrong with your friends. No, this, I'm a woman! Maybe, like, you don't experience this because you're a man. Maybe, but it's just, I've just, I've never heard any of my married friends or friend, female friends who are in long-term relationships who are, who are like, who are, ju- who are nervous that they're, hu- who are, like, living in fear that their husband's going to, like, be stolen away by some wayward single woman at a party. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's being stolen, but it's this idea of, like, territory. Like, I've had single friends myself included, where I've been talking to a man very casually. It's like no flirting. There is nothing going on. And then the girlfriend or whoever steps in and is like, hi, we're going over here now. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now. Well, maybe you should be less of a Jezebel. (laughs) Are we sluts? I just, it's weird and it's annoying and I totally get it. All right. Well, apologies to Sam, who's apparently a harlot trolling for people's husbands. Um, Shall we get into Carrie? I don't think, listen, I'm just, I get where the episode, I think, of course, they have to like make it very extreme, but I get the episode, like what's going on. Yes, there might be a fundamental truth to this episode, but um, in exaggerating it, I think it is like slightly insane. Of course, the whole thing is insane. Let's get into what Carrie's up to this episode, um, including a very strange run-in on the street with a gay couple. I have questions about this. It's never referenced again in the episode. No, I feel like it's just something that they thought would make Carrie feel at her lowest of like, I'm so single now, like, I have to give up my egg because I'm obviously, that that this couple would think I'm obviously so single and will always be that I'm never going to use this these eggs on my own um but but it's crazy so yeah Joe and his partner just stroll up and they catch up for like one second make a joke about Miss Saigon and then are like would you be my well I guess not surrogate but egg donor so Carrie how about you are you married oh not really I mean no are you thinking what I'm thinking perfect (laughs) what Well, Lou and I are interested in having a child. We already have a surrogate, but we need a top-notch egg. What are your feelings about donating one? Listen, here's our card. You think about it and give us a call. We'll pay. Great seeing you. Yeah, and they handed her a business card. And I had to think, like, is it a joint business card? Is this a business card they're handing out to people they want their eggs, like, their eggs from? Well, I just loved that because it's like, well, wow, was that life before cell phones? If you hadn't, maybe I would have carried, maybe I would carry my business card around now more often if you ran into someone and there was no other way to get them in contact with you. Do you have a business card? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm a professional. Oh, okay. Yeah, I leave them in little packets with my information. I give them out at dinner parties. Do you really? Yeah, mostly because I don't want people having my cell phone number. That's so cute, actually. Yeah, I'll send you one. Okay, I'd be honored. <laughs> 
But then Carrie goes to lunch with um, her friends David and Lisa. What did you think of uh, David? Did you notice something about him? Because I did. No, what did you notice? He's wearing at least 15 rings. He's got so many rings. I don't know if they were like he's really married or... Yeah. But he's doing so much ring work, as Danny Pellegrino would say. They're like all... They're all over his fingers. It was driving me in. And he's also like... His hands are pretty framed up. I could not stop noticing them. I was just like, 1998, if men were wearing that many rings in 1998, I mean, he was like Ariana Grande, seven rings. It was so (laughs) many. Seven rings. You know, that's actually very in right now. So a lot of the trends that we're seeing in this show. For men? uh, Yes. Hi, Harry Styles. Men Men are wearing a lot of rings? Yes. Men are wearing a lot of jewelry. I have been thinking about buying a necklace, but what would I what would I do with that? Please don't. Yeah, like what I mean, men in jewelry. It's like that's why men's clothing aren't of any interest. It's like men shouldn't have jewelry. I don't think. Maybe a nice watch. There's a very specific type of man that I like in jewelry, and that's Harry Styles. I hate Aiden in jewel his jewelry. I I hate Harry Styles. Okay. I do appreciate that he mostly dresses like Diane Keaton, but he's never released a song I like. Okay. I was glad that Watermelon Sugar song came out during the pandy, so it didn't antagonize me too much. Chris. That's Harry Styles, right? Yes. And I can't even, I can't talk to you. I don't know how we're friends. All right. All right. Well, let's then move on. But I will say what I also loved about um, that scene, and and really season one in general, is is that Carrie's world is much larger than I think it will become. Mm -hmm. She has friends Mm -hmm. and people in her life outside of the core for women. Um, and even like Stanford is used in such a different way. Like later on in the show, I feel like Stanford would not have been the person with Carrie when the queer couple yeah. asked uh, her to be their egg donor. It would have been Samantha or Miranda, particularly for I love how Stanford just takes the card from her and rips it up. Yeah, and throws it in her bag. Like, keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, it's not even like we're not discussing this. That, <laughs> that feels like something you would do to me. Like you would just be like, nope. <laughs> No, there's no reason for us to even talk about this. Let's keep it moving. But I love, I love that her world is bigger than the four of them. And sometimes, and later on the show, you'll get it when like random people or guest stars show up to fill out her world. Um, but I like that we're seeing it, and yeah. it's bigger than just the show. And bigger is a meta is a not metaphor. That's not the right word there. Um, because no big in this episode, which is just upsetting. No big. I was just gonna say. I was like, there's no big. I know. And you, I was surprised you liked this episode so much because there is no big. I liked it because I feel like, again, we're getting to know each of the women individually, minus Charlotte. She's like nowhere to be found because I loved the whole Miranda yeah. situation. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, I also loved in that scene that Carrie also, as much as she's railing against how married people treat her, she refers to them as her favorite couple. It's like she has also put these people in a box. Of, like, of course. You two fit together. I will only see you together. Um, and I guess I, I, I do have some friends that I really do. But the only friends who I see as a couple are friends where, where I am friends with both of them individually. Other than that, you're just yeah. um, my friend and then the dopey guy you married. <laughs> and uh, apologies to um, you know who you are if you're listening to this. Yeah. So and then they bring up a, a guy for her. Sean. Sean. Who I hate. We got to talk about Sean. I 
hate him. Speak on he it. He creeps me the fuck. Not just his personality. His personality I do find really scary because I have been on dates with guys where they like lean in and they'll be like. And say, my parents met on a, my parents met on a setup. <laughs> They've been married for 47 yes. years. Guys love to do that. They're like, yeah, my parents have been married for 35 years and they're so happy. And you're just like, oh. I hate this because it's like just because your parents have been married for a million years doesn't mean we're going to be married for a million years doesn't mean you should be married to me and me being married to you it's just not going to happen it's fucking annoying and it's like last guy that dated kind of had like that mentality a little where it was like my parents are together like 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 one of the first times we ever hung out he wanted to go grocery shopping with me because he felt that that was like a good test to see like if you would be like good in a relationship well I will say Carrie goes to Williams-Sonoma with Sean. And I count Williams-Sonoma akin to Ikea of, like, a place you break up with someone just because it's so stressful. I love Williams-Sonoma. I I love a... By the way, I don't... I like to go to Williams-Sonoma and buy people things. Shout out to Nora at my Williams-Sonoma. She's wonderful and has helped me purchase many great presents for folks. Um, Love you, Nora. Yeah, I'm sure she's listening. I I will be emailing this to her because we email occasionally. But it's, it's this, it's this guy and we all know a guy like this, like, who, like, think, he's kind of like a skipper. He's no skipper in this episode, by the way. Thank God. But we got this fucking clown. They knew, they knew you couldn't do Sean and Skipper. I got it. Because it's this idea, because he says later on in the episode when Carrie is like, this isn't going to work. Like, you are it's like he is just the kind of guy who just wants to get married so badly that he'll pretty much try to make it fit with any woman well he invites her to the party at Mm -hmm. his house um by the way so they go to his house and charlotte says no man buys a classic six on the upper west side if they're not serious do you know what a classic six is it is a six-bedroom apartment it's not six bedrooms but a six-room apartment in new york city i have listeners sam get yourself to google and just look at classic sixes i have no desire to live in new york city cannot afford a classic six however i'm gonna spend the rest of my life looking at them i hope i can find an architectural digest video on classic sixes they're gorgeous his apartment (laughs) left something to be desired but that was i think mostly the lighting the well the room that he wanted to turn into a baby's room i was like i don't think it had a window it didn't and it also had like a lot of like clutter i did think it was like hilarious how it was framed of like carrie looking at um the little mobile he's purchased from aspen and charlotte's kind of in the background yeah like wishing why aren't i on a date with this guy well then carrie um in a dizzy moment um decides that she should set charlotte up with sean and it's the only thing charlotte does in the episode really although we'll get to her tour de force performance later and i love the fact that they go on one date no they go on multiple dates do they yeah they go to like movies and brunches and then they're like having a good time and then they finally end up looking at fucking china and she not having it she's not having it (laughs) when she sees his china choice she got the fuck out of there she's like this isn't gonna happen i'm so tired of going through women i just want to get married i I may know someone who's perfect for you. Who? They started out casual. A brunch here, a concert there. But pretty soon they were visiting China. Um, I always wanted this pattern for formal dining. 
Are you serious? Charlotte broke it off then and there. It would never work. He was American classic, she was French country. But they want different things out of their traditional heterosexual ideal of that classic six apartment. Charlotte nope. is Which not going was, to have it. I mean, it. that's what I kind of love about Charlotte is like she has this like idea of what she wants and then she finally gets presented with it and she's like nitpicks it. She's like, no, this isn't happening. But what I think is so interesting, though, is, is why do you think the writers at this point, I mean, we're three episodes in. And obviously, I don't really, I don't watch season one and two as much as I probably Same. should in my rewatch of Sex and the City. So I don't really remember if Charlotte's storyline picks up towards the end of this season. But why do you think, like, now Samantha's gotten storylines, um, a few storylines. Miranda has, she's got Skipper kind of running around, and now the storyline we'll talk about in a second. But Charlotte is really seen so far as this accessory, the kind of... She's almost like a Stanford. Yeah. Why do you think they can't figure out what to do with her so far? Is it I just because she's, her she's too simple? Yes. In, I think in she's her that, But then I also think she is really just put on this show in the very beginning to just be like a sounding board for the women to like talk about these issues with because I think she has such like an opposite opinion from them. Yeah, I wonder if they also in some ways think of her at this point as the audience surrogate. Like they're thinking, oh, the people who are watching this show mm -hmm. might be more traditional. So it's fun to have Charlotte. It's fun to have the women bounce off of Charlotte. We don't necessarily yeah. need to give her anything to do. But just watching it now, knowing how great Kristen Davis can be and is already, and we'll talk about that in a bit, it's just, it feels like a, like a letdown. Like, almost like they hadn't figured out how to create obstacles for her yet. Yeah. In the sense that what she wants is a traditional marriage. So they're like, well, if we keep, if we have her date, how would then she not just end up married? Right. And I think that I, they... But later they create quite a few obstacles <laughs> for her. They really do. They, <laughs> for sure. But I think in the beginning, too, like, they, they had the archetypes, so they had to have someone on the show yeah. to kind of be more traditional. Absolutely. I just wish that she had more to do in these first three episodes. But um, yeah. actually, while we were just talking about it, I slightly remember one thing that's coming up with her. What? That is, um, in season one, she has a storyline that is actually the least favorite thing she's ever had to do on the show. And I think it includes the only thing that she ever asked for it to be cut. What? So I can't wait to talk about that. So that's not a spoiler. I'm excited. That's, a, that's like a teaser. That's a teaser. Should we get into Miranda? Um, yes. Since So I talked about this on episode one, that Miranda, you all are going to realize she is the queen of athleisure and she does not disappoint in this episode again. She's wearing skinny ties and suits. Not at the baseball game. Well, yeah, obviously not at the baseball game. I'm just saying that outfit, people wear that outfit right now. The outfit is back in. The oversized hoodie, sweatshirt, like crew neck. And then she has like the joggers on with like the high socks and the Nikes. Like that's very in right now. And I think we also got to see like more of Cynthia Nixon's like act, good acting skills. I'm having a hard time pic even picturing her in that scene. I can only really? see Gina Davis in A League of Their Own. I don't like that movie. How dare you? I know. I'm really sorry. I've seen it so many times. I just like never really got into it. But Miranda's uh, colleague assumes she's gay, and mm -hmm. uh, mostly because he's like, uh, "You've worked here for eight months, and I've never seen you with a man." It's like, "Well, we're at work." Where? Yeah, like, why <laughs> would you see me with a man? Maybe they go out for drinks afterwards. That's true. And so he sit he sets her up with Sid, 
who seemingly doesn't work there. She's just his lesbian friend he's brought to this poor, this game. I feel so bad for her. I do too. Because she's just like, hey. <laughs> and Miranda's like, oh. I, I gotta go get a soda. I'll be right back. And then she like cusses out her friend. And she's like, why would you do this to me? But then, you know, they get along. They have Chemistry. fun. They, they win the game, apparently. And uh, her senior partner invites her to dinner. He calls himself Chip. Chip. And Carrie says later, a lawyer named Chip. It's like, that's not funny, Carrie. I don't know. I just thought that was such a stupid thing to say. But Miranda goes over to Carrie's and she talks about how she'll do anything to become partner, Mm -hmm. including apparently pretending to be a lesbian. Lawyer named Chip. Gotta love that. And they seem so relieved to have finally figured me out. So you're actually going to go through with the dinner? Yep. I'm determined to make partner in this firm, even if I have to be a lesbian partner. I have something to say about this. Okay. So she says that she'll do anything to become partner, right? She's been there for eight months. feel like you got to put in some more time. I don't know that after eight months I would jump to being a lesbian. Right. <laughs> I might try a few other avenues. Yeah, that... But also neither of us know anything about the complicated world of uh, corporate law. I certainly do not. The only thing I know is uh, I've Molly. seen every episode of Allie McBeal. Molly from Insecure. Uh, that she's a lawyer. I love Molly. I love Molly too. She's so problematic, but um, she is me. I am her. Uh, I don't know. So then Miranda, she goes to this dinner and she brings what's her name? Sid. Sid. Thank you. She brings Sid, and Miranda is in a suit and a tie. It, it's almost like Miranda was like, "Okay, I'm gonna dress up as a." She, it was like it was like a costume for her. But then she also dresses like that. That's just like the show's. Although I did see a video with uh, Cynthia Nixon and she said that at the beginning of the show it was really she as an actress was fighting for Miranda to dress like a lawyer. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pat Fields was already saying like, no, she needs to do this. (laughs) So Cynthia's winning now and then will eventually acquiesce to like she needs to dress up. I mean a little bit. But I think she normally dresses in, like, a suit, which is whatever. But I think she really leaned into this idea of, like, I'm going to dress on what I think a lesbian lawyer looks like. And it goes really well. Now, the the senior partner says he wishes that he was, he's disappointed because he wanted them to join their circle. Do you think he means circle of friends, like, they're liberal, they're liberal and would perf- like to, although I think they mentioned him being a Republican at one point. Do you think they want, like, in their social circle, or do you, did you think oh, it was Oh, in their social circle. I didn't think for one second it was sexual. Okay. I thought they meant because, like, we want to come across as more, like... Progressive. Yes. But, I don't know, go back and watch at the um, at the baseball game when he invites them. His wife is in the background, and she's sizing them up. She is. She. I noticed that, too. She was, like, <laughs> she leaned in, and she, like, grabbed his arm, and she was, like... Yeah. If if the wife hadn't been in that scene, I might have just assumed it was like we want to we want to seem progressive and love everyone while not giving anyone their uh, legal rights. <laughs> but then I saw the wife and I was like, oh, the wife might be a freak. Yeah, the wife might be a freak. Chip's wife might be a little bit of a freak. Oh, by the way, that is you know, to enjoy a group sex with lesbians, that does not make you freaky. I mean, it... You know, do whatever you want. Yeah. We're sluts <laughs> I too. Mean... It's all good. I'm just slutty with one person. I don't want a group around. There's too much. That's too much going on. I'm too selfish for that. And I also just like, I don't, I would, uh, I'd be overwhelmed by all the body parts. I'd definitely be the person who was like, I don't know where I fit here. Mm -mm. I'd be like, I think I'm going to go. This is not for Yeah, and I wouldn't be like someone who watched. I just got to get the fuck out of here. I'm like, Yeah, I'd be like, I'm going to go like 
grab a burrito or something from Chipotle. Like, I'm let's get the fuck out of here right now. But then they get in the elevator and they've had a nice time. And Miranda kisses Sid and they both basically declare her heterosexuality. Yeah. Of just like, this is not it. As they rode between floors, Miranda considered how much easier her life would be if she were in a couple. Any couple. Yep. Definitely straight. Yeah. You are. And Sid has basically one line in the episode. It's so what it's such a weird it's weird to introduce this storyline and then to do it so poorly, I feel like, in terms of introducing a lesbian to the show. Because they only have 30 minutes for the show. Okay, I would agree there. But again, I'm not going to do a full spoiler alert here and make you fast forward. But rem- there is a later episode in which Charlotte will flirt with lesbianism. Oh, And those characters are presented, they have lines, they're funny, there's a whole world around them. I just think it's interesting that this idea is introduced, and Sid is such a um, void character. There's not much there, and I wish there was. For example, when they're at the baseball game, Miranda says, oh, we'll be there. Sid has no agency, and like... She does not agree to go. Miranda agrees on their behalf as if they are already a couple. Well, it's this idea of how Carrie is the, you know, there to perform for her, sing for her supper with her couple friends. Now, Miranda's put in that same situation, but with her boss, and she's now got to be a lesbian. But Sid's got to, but poor Sid's got to tag along. I just wish they'd written her a few lines. I don't need, I don't need more of Sid. I liked Sid. I felt sorry for her. I don't want to see any more of her, but I just felt like the show could have done a better job with that. But luckily we have that later iconic episode with Charlotte that um, is most likely problematic when we go and look at it. Um, So I look forward to it. Yeah, and I don't know. I I didn't really care about this that much. I was much more interested in this. I thought you said you really liked it. I, I don't mean, like, I don't care in the sense of, like... Hold on, roll the tape where she said she really liked this part of the I don't... <laughs> no, I like... Okay, I like it. I just also don't need Sid to, like, have a fucking monologue. I'm good. You don't want more of Sid. No. I would have liked Sid to at least gotten a few zingers in there. Zingers? Yeah, a few zingers. Come okay. on. All right, we are back with yet another Samantha Bush (laughs) sound disruption. This week, you're getting the dulcet tones of a lawnmower. It won't be like this forever. Calm app, guys. Calm app. That's what this is. (laughs) This is soundscapes every week. It's either the rain, it's a lawnmower. And you know what? I don't even know if it's a lawnmower. I think it's like a hedger. You know what I mean? I wish it was a hedge fund man, but I do too. apparently it's just a, it's just someone clipping the grass out there. But uh, so let's, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to now get into, I think, Sam, would you say our favorite part of the episode, Samantha? It's a brief but delightful part of the episode, in my opinion. I love it. I think it's fun. I think I like that she, it really, like, they, again, I think they're leaning more into, like, who she is and, like, they're giving him more, like, power in her decisions rather, rather than the first episode. He, absolutely. They show up to the party at Sean's house looking great, all in three different colors. The La La Land girls <laughs> wished they had this power. 
looking amazing. And yeah, and I think all their outfits really represented each of their personalities. Like they're really starting to like play with their fashions, I think. Like Samantha's in like a really plunging tight like green dress. Carrie's in just a simple black dress. Like I think it's really playing into their like who they are. And I'm sure Charlotte looks prim and cute. Yeah. Um she's taught as we discussed earlier, Samantha is in the kitchen talking to a um sallow-faced gentleman. Not a hottie. No. And she's not flirting with him. She's strictly having a conversation. No, I do think they make it... I think Kim Cattrall does a great job of in her performance there. Because I think, like, right, Samantha is, like, inherently flirty. But I actually think they go out of their way to ensure we as the audience recognize she is not flirting with him. Not at all. Like, because you know when she's flirting. Yeah. But I think, like, she writes, she dials down that performance. Like, typically, everything Samantha says seems a little flirty. This really does come off as, like, a normal conversation. Yeah, they were just talking about, like, work and, like, ad- like stock advice, I think. Like, it wasn't even... And, like, even the way she was speaking, she wasn't... There wasn't any, like, sexual... She's not, u- she's not using that... Mm, no. Not voice. even for a second. And then this man's wife walks in and like claims her territory and is like, oh, we're going to go over here now. I'm his wife. And it's like, relax. Yeah. So then she proceeds to uh, get into the tequila. I love this because I'm such a big fan of if you are at a party and you're not having a good time, create a side party, a sub party. And Samantha does that, but she's the only one. She's ripping tequila shots. Carrie comes in and she basically is like, you see that guy? I fucked him. You see that guy? I fucked him. And Carrie, and by the way, Carrie's kind of like, Charlotte later will be so concerned about um, her drunkenness. But Carrie's like, "Eh, whatever, I gotta go. Yeah, she's like, I'm busy trying to figure out what I'm doing with this man who has a fucking mobile that he bought an Aspen. Like, I got fucking shit I gotta deal with. Which, wait, actually, um, I meant to bring this up earlier before we dig in. What I love, we talked a bit last week about how the show is trying to be iconic with the term modelizer. Right. I actually think in this episode, there's a concept that that becomes, I mean, it doesn't become something great mm-hmm. in terms of our popular language. But it does. It should be. I love this idea of trying him on. I do too. That Carrie says multiple times. I think that is actually, you can see that they're not, the writers weren't trying to make that a, a phrase. And yet I think that is a, a more universal idea. And who amongst us haven't like gone out with a guy a few times and thought, I don't really like this guy, but maybe I should. I'll try him on for yeah, a bit. I mean, and frankly, he just doesn't fit. It's kind of like on Love Island when they're like, he's my type on paper. And it's like, <laughs> it's like that. It's it's this idea that a man is like really good on paper. Like he has a six room apartment. Well, of course. Well, that'll become a phrase later. Good on paper with my beloved Dr. Bradley Migo. But we'll get to that. Yeah. And he, who I hate, you know, I hate Bradley But Migo. I love try on because it also fits Carrie so well because of like her obsession with fashion. I just wanted to, I had forgotten to bring that up earlier. So, oh. but um, then Samantha, Carrie runs into Patience and Peter at this party, who apparently also know Sean. And Carrie's surprised. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? And she tries to apologize again, and Patience is not having it. She has, again, a part where they could have said Patience had none. It's like, why did we name her that if we're not going to play with this word? Now, I do think Carrie fucked up here talking about this situation. Like, I would have not ever brought it up ever again. So I get why Patience was like, shut the fuck up. 
But then Samantha strolls in and wasted. So hammered, so drunk. This party is terrible. <laughs> Who are you? Um, this is my friend Patience, and this is her husband Peter. I heard about you. <laughs> Big Pepper Bill back. <laughs> and she has a laugh akin only to Queen Christine Bransky's laugh. If you haven't seen that, just sidle over to YouTube and look up Christine Bransky laugh. I do it once every three or four weeks. Everyone else should. And that finally is what leads Charlotte to take Samantha home. Tommy, sweet Tommy. And we meet Tommy. Tommy the Irish doorman. What'd you think of Tommy? I loved him. Loved. Loved. He's the man of the episode for me. And Samantha, that she goes upstairs. Honestly, for as many tequila shots as she'd done, I would have been throwing up. I would have been... I would not have had the self-possession to come back downstairs... And the category is body. Body. Samantha. Woo! Wow. When she opened up her jacket and we saw her body, I paused. I was like... I took a screenshot. Oh, okay. But I was like, oh my God. She's ripped. She takes Tommy upstairs. Who, by the way, Tommy did try to cover her up. He was being very sweet. He did. And he was smoking his cigarette. I love that um, she asked for a cigarette. He doesn't just give her the cigarette out of his mouth. He gives her like a new one. He's not really trying. He's trying to be good. He says he can't go upstairs. Samantha's so drunk. She's so funny. She's like, just a second. And like leans and like basically gets him up to Charlotte's apartment where to believe. Although I think they say that uh, Samantha's sleeping on the couch. I believe Charlotte has a guest room. So yeah, that would be. Um, although we don't really know for sure, but we're to believe that they fucked on Charlotte's couch and Charlotte wakes up. She runs into a dick in the hall. It's a theme. Oh, wow. If now they should, they actually, if the writers, they should have had Tommy and see his little butt. Oh, I would have loved to see Tommy's little butt. That would have been like, but that also would have been like a nice callback. Yeah. Um, great catch. But he's very sweet. He's very sweet. Like he's like, ma'am, I'm sorry. Like, he's so nice. And he says, ever since I left Ireland, I haven't had the love of a woman. (laughs) But Charlotte is so fucking funny saying goodbye to him. Yeah. Don't be scared, miss. It's me, Tommy. I'm just leaving. Your friend invited me up. I know it was wrong. But I've just been so lonely since since I left home. And I wanted to feel of a, a woman's touch on me. I'm going into the bathroom now. And when I come out, you won't be here. And I never want this mentioned again. Let me get the door for you, miss. And then when he tries to talk about it with her later, she's like, okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's I like the end of the episode with that. And what I will say is, is that we need a Tommy spinoff. Did you see the Saoirse Ronan movie, Brooklyn? No. Uh, add it to the list. Um, listeners is out there. Is he in there, it? No, but it's his story. Oh, <laughs> Because, okay, I know what the movie is about, but I'm just Yeah, like, she moves to, you know, the big city and is missing home. Is she a bellman? You know, she she's not. I believe she works at, like, a like a department store with uh, Don Draper's second wife, the French woman who sang Zuby Zuby Zoo. Oh. was really mean to her. <laughs> Zuby um, Zuby. <laughs> what an iconic moment. Yeah. But I wanted a full Tommy... I, I can't think of a character on Sex and the City more that I'd like a spinoff than Tommy, the Irish doorman. He He's gorgeous. I want to know what happens to him in this big city. So sweet. Does he ultimately return to Ireland? Does he... 
Does he move rise to the corporate ladder and become like a wolf of Wall Street? Ooh, does he move to Jersey and join the Sopranos? Yeah, I mean, what does he do? I, I, I just love him. So that is the man that I love. Because at the end of you know, we always talk about the our favorite men of the episode, and he's mine. You know, we've we've spent a lot of time on these episodes talking about the endings, and I think we have another classic one here. As I sifted through the rubble of my marriage skirmish. I had a thought. Maybe the fight between marrieds and singles is like the war in Northern Ireland. We're all basically the same, but somehow we wound up on different sides. Sure, it'd be great to have that one special person to walk home with. But sometimes, there's nothing better than meeting your single girlfriends for a night at the movies. It's so true. It's the first ending to me that feels mm-hmm. like a classic Sex in the City ending. The women are building community outside of marriage and these traditional roles. Um, in a heavy-handed way, they have Carrie literally saying no to relationships when she kind of balks at the couple walking past her and is excited to see her friends. And she joyfully embraces them, and it's um so much fun. Although there is not a chance Carrie... It's not a chance in hell... Carrie knows anything about the war in Northern Ireland. Not a single chance. She couldn't place Ireland on a map. I Unless they're writing about the war in Northern Ireland in Vogue, which we know she, you know, reads instead of having dinner, I don't think she knows a goddamn thing. Yeah, and she's also wearing a bandana, and I don't love it. Like, it looks like a bandana headband in the final scene, like where she's running into the movies with her friends. I didn't mind that, but uh, Godzilla's <laughs> playing at the theater, which uh, her husband, Matthew Broderick, starred in. Oh. Yeah. Look at you. I saw Godzilla 2000. Oh, okay. I think that's what it was called. Interesting. Unclear. But that's the episode. Um, what did you think of the fashion? I was, like, fine with it. I think we're seeing a lot of that fashion kind of recycle now there's the iconic blue striped tee jeans and the glass of wine with the siggy i love that look when she's at patience and peter's patience and <laughs> peter's apartment or hampton's house but i wanted to talk about what she's wearing when they're walking i believe right outside of central park it's her and sean oh and she's in the hat and a hanson t-shirt why the fuck is Carrie Bradshaw wearing a Hanson t-shirt? Um, bop indeed. I mean, because it's cute and it's like kind of funky. It was cute, but I was just like, oh, Hanson. Just because also, again, later on in the show, there are so few demarcators mm-hmm. of um, pop culture to ensure that I think the show feels timeless and nothing is going to date you more than a Hanson t-shirt. That's very true. I feel like Hanson was almost not even popular at this time. It was like they were earlier. In 1998? Were they po- more popular before <laughs> I, that? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't know when Umbach came out. Maybe. In, I don't know. But it did. It definitely caught my eye. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I didn't what even notice. Fuck? I was like too distracted by like her hat and the Williams-Sonoma bag. Was it a bucket? And No, it was like a fisherman's hat. It wasn't a bucket hat. It wasn't hat. a bucket hat. It was like there was a lot of, as uh, Danny Pellegrino would call it, hat work. Yeah, but it was definitely like a fisherman's hat, I think. It was. And then, yeah. like, she kisses him with her eyes open because she's like, oh, okay. Like, there was that whole moment. Uh, I don't kiss with my eyes open, but someone once pointed out that I keep my eyes open when I hug people, and that's weird. Are you supposed to close your eyes? I guess, but I was once <laughs> hugging someone, and the per- someone was looking at us hugging. They were like, Chris's eyes are, like, just wide open. I'm pretending to hug someone. I don't think you... My eyes are open. We're doing a virtual hug, everyone, right we're now. We're virtual yeah. hugging ourselves. I I keep my eyes open. Good. Well, think about it the next time you give someone an actual hug. I'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> well, eyes bulging. 
we typically talk about the men. We've got mm-hmm. Jeff, Miranda's colleague, Chip, the boss, Peter, David, Sean, Joe, and Lou, the gay couple. But I think we both agree there is only one, only one victor to this, and it's Tommy, the Irish doorman. He's a prince among men. A prince. He covers Samantha up with her coat. He says no. He cares about his job. He's very polite to Charlotte in the hall. I mean, he's a winner. 10, ten out of 10. out of 10 for Tommy. And I like that he smokes cigarettes. I know vaping's not a thing in 1998, but... Oh, he's definitely vaping now if he's still with us. If he didn't get uh, whacked in New Jersey by uh, Michael Imperioli, he's vaping. Okay. Um, Do you have any hot takes on this one? I don't know if I... I kind of said the hot take in the very beginning where I was like, listen, I've been that person that's like performing for a couple well i don't think that's a hot take you Is don't hate anything take? you don't love anything that anyone no it's like, like I, a I, so-so I, yeah, episode. I think this episode didn't really have any so but you and i both know our sweet spots really season three and four I, look my hottest take is is that it's this episode sucked because it's still not episode it's we still are not on seasons three exactly and, and there's no big like it's just you yeah, s- it does seem our hottest take is is that for a show about women we really just want to see mr really- big <laughs> <laughs> I know. Who's a terrible person. Who's but a I piece also, of human trash. But I also don't know if he's that terrible. And that's a hot take. That is perhaps the hottest take, and I agree. Yeah. But we'll get to that. So what would you give this uh, out of ten? Mm, a five. You literally texted me this morning how much you loved this episode and that you couldn't <laughs> wait to get into it. I know. And now that we've discussed it like at length, I'm like, maybe I actually hated it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Um, again, really love the ending. Love Tommy. Love Tommy. Um, love and I thought, Miranda's athleisure. Yeah, I did not care for the Miranda storyline. I think it's problematic as hell. Very. Um, but I really liked some of the Carrie stuff. And loved everything to do with Samantha and Charlotte. But sadly, that is the smallest part of the episode. So it's a 6 out of 10 for me. Yeah, I do love, like, the, uh, I will say, I like the landscapes that we're getting. Like, the shots. Like, I liked them walking, uh, her and Sean walking together. I liked the backdrop. That was nice. Uh, Very Woody Allen before he... Well, not before. He was doing it the whole time. After. Either way, we don't need to Otherwise, cut. (laughs) <laughs> yeah no, no don't cut it no. leave it in it's fine um, um <laughs> it's not fine what he did i also you know what i will say i did like the that we got one of our first like real brunch scenes like where they're at a table together yes i'm really looking forward to seeing when they finally land on their actual brunch spot um and That'll I, be the recurring brunch spot for the rest of the show. So mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to that. And I cannot believe that we have now done three episodes of this. I know. It's crazy. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening again this week. We hope you'll join us next week for our recap of season one, episode four. Valley of the 20-something guys. P.S. I think that's Sarah Jessica Parker's favorite episode. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out other podcasts from the dip like TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, Slut Pig Podcast, and of course Hot Off the Mess, which is hosted by 
the dizziest fairy of them all, Samantha Bush. Feel free to follow us online. You can follow me at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where can they get you? Uh, at Bravo Historian on Instagram as well. All right. So we will see you back here next week. Bye. Bye. At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. It's a primal, wild freedom. A feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, sound effects guy. Hmm, no. You know, we really lost our stride at the end there. Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits may require comprehensive coverage.